Well, if I were uh, Valve, I would put a very solid small subtitle on the <laughs> SteamOS uh, on the SteamOS boot screen that said "powered by Linux." Hey, that'd be pretty cool. No, we want people to buy it. <laughs> yeah, we want people to buy it. <laughs> Bind me. Welcome to MinkCast, the podcast by the Linux Mint community for all users of Linux. Straight out of Florida, I'm Joe. Full of gingerbread, I'm Norbert. Surviving the winter, I'm Nishan. Vitora took a crap on me, so now I'm on Windows. I'm Josh. And I'm Bill, and I'm just glad to be here. This is episode 377.5, recorded on Sunday the 26th December. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Livestream information is at mintcast.org slash livestream. If you see something that you'd like to hear about, tell us. You can send us an email at mintcast at mintcast.org, join us live on YouTube, post at the Mintcast subreddit, chat with us on Telegram, Discord, Facebook, or post directly at mintcast.org. In our innard section, we're going to be going over last year's predictions to see who was right and who was wrong, and then we're going to be going over our this year's predictions. And finally, we will have the feedback and a couple of suggestions. First up in our innards, we have our previous year's predictions. And yeah, some of this is going to be a little bit hard to go through, and I know most of mine were completely wrong. So first up from last year, we have Leo's predictions. And that's going to be uh, Apple's M1 Air and Pro will work moderately well on Linux. Now, I know that there has been some development on the M1, but I don't think that it's completely there yet in regards to working with Linux. I haven't heard anything about that. Anybody else? From what I've heard, I've seen the screenshots of Debian running with a full GUI desktop on the M1. So depends on what our definition of moderately well is. Because the biggest thing that they haven't solved yet is hardware acceleration. Right. But... As far as I'm aware, software rendering is really good on the M1. So maybe it's a, maybe it's a win for Leo. If you look at the screenshots, those are the Mac minis which are running Debian. Oh, the Leo shouldn't have specified this much. <laughs> he should have specified the M1. Yeah, because I think that's what they're using to, to... Well, if it's the M1, it's the M1. That's true. Yes, I think we should give it to Leo. Yeah, we can give it to him. Yeah, I think he's, I think he's good. Okay, his next one. Oh, I'm willing to give him a 0.5 on that one, if not a whole one, um, at the very least. Uh, Microsoft Office will have a native Linux version released. No That's way. a hard no, but um, I, I don't see why they would develop a native one when they have one that works in a browser. Why would they put that extra work in? Yep. So that that that's a hard no. I think this is just Leo throw it out and stick on the wall, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He, well, he, he liked, you know... Well, the the browser version of Office is missing some functionality for... You know what the clients which I have come across so far are just the wrappers, electron wrappers around the web versions. Yes, but that doesn't solve the missing features. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So that's a hard no on that one. That's a big old fat goose egg. <laughs> but I had a question in mind. Now with Microsoft embracing Linux like anything, what do you guys think? Any chance? Oh, wait. That's a very interesting choice of word. Embrace. You know what comes after embrace? <laughs> You're missing two words there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, everybody focuses on the browser and not the CEO. Firefox sees an upswing in users. Five <laughs> percent and going up. Now, um, no. Five percent going down. What? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel so bad for Firefox. I, I, I really like them, and I, I, I just, I don't know what they're doing. A lot of the times, that's just it. So what happened to them that their market share shrunk? Uh, they had made a number of questionable decisions. Oh, God. 
as well as uh, their how Mozilla structures is a bit weird because their main product is Firefox. Yeah. Because the average Firefox user doesn't really hear about any of the other Mozilla products, and they have a thousand employees for a single browser. Yeah. I think part of the problem is that uh, Windows comes with the Edge browser now, and that's whereas in the past you'd get Windows because it is all about Windows. Uh, you'd get Windows and then you had to decide what kind of browser to use because the one it came with was garbage. Well, and the biggest problem with that too is that when you search for a browser, Chrome almost always comes up because guess what you're using to look for that? Google. And then now now you're getting Edge force-fed to you by Windows and it's based on the Chromium engine and it's the exact same thing. You get on there and you go to yep. download Firefox. Are you sure? Uh, you, you <laughs> Do rather? you really want to make this decision? <laughs> Trust me, first thing which I do on Windows is get out of Chrome. Install Firefox. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I do that on my phone too. I've actually got Fennec. Used to do that, but uh, not anymore. Well, I kind of wish that Leo was here to explain that first portion. Everybody focuses on the browser and not the CEO. I think I think at the time when we said this, the CEO was getting bashed because they did something stupid. I can't remember exactly what that was, but I remember something going on about the CEO. I read something about the Mozilla CEO making a ridiculous amount of money. Lots of money. Yeah. Oh, that's enough. Oh, that's bet you any money. That's what it was. Yep. And all around Mozilla having uh, an issue with managing their money, hmm. which all of which they pretty much get from Google. Okay, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's probably what he meant. Because <laughs> yeah, at the time, they were, they were making like a ton of money compared to the rest of the company. So what they should do is focus more on Firefox and not the other Mozilla products. Yep. Yep, that's the, that's the main thing. And we've been screaming that at the top of our lungs for years. And I just wished to Firefox a few months ago, ever, first time in my life. Oh. It's a decent browser, but... Oh, it's decent, yeah. It's just there's things here and there that just don't work right and yeah vivaldi had me at the multiple tabs stacking <laughs> so, so chrome yeah okay yeah chrome i know <laughs> <laughs> moving on to joe's predictions this guy is completely wrong yeah this guy yeah, who's this guy i don't even know uh red hat will somehow disappoint us more over the next year and become even more corporate no now if you remember last year at this time everything in the news was ibm uh, buying up Red Hat and Red Hat yep. getting rid of uh, CentOS. But uh, I'm going to have to call this one completely wrong because I really have not heard much in the Red Hat space this year with them sounding more corporate. They're working quietly on their Fedora and EL9 will be out yeah. soon. I've heard more about Red Hat in this year than ever before, actually. People have been going on other podcasts from Red Hat talking about... Uh, Oh, yeah, trying to mop up their their mistake. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, it was all about messaging, you know. Yeah, that was it. But I, I, I think some of the decisions that were made are interesting. And you, you're seeing a lot more. Actually, you're seeing a lot more focus on the enterprise space than ever before. The, the, what they're doing with CentOS is actually an interesting thing. Yeah, I think it flows better now from from Fedora to Cent or for, to uh, Red Hat, and they can take community uh, contributions. Whereas before, it was just this monolithic thing that was just a copy of Red Hat. It's like, oh, free Red Hat? Okay, let's go. <laughs> and now you can get Red Hat. You just tell them you're a developer, and you can download it for free. <laughs> yeah, and run it. You know, if you wanted to do that, sixteen free licenses. Yeah, and which is more than enough for a lot of people. That that was complete no on my part for getting that right. And then my next one was uh, game streaming services will have a very good year become much more common. Steam will release a Stadia competitor with no local install. Oof. Steam went completely <laughs> the opposite direction with this. Completely yep. the opposite direction. I like the direction that they went with the, the, the Steam Deck handheld device that's you know, uh, uh, switch competitor, but um, yeah, I'm gonna have to call this wrong, and I'm gonna have to say I'm really happy I was wrong about that one. Yeah. Now it's still not out yet, and you know it got pushed into next year, but I'm re I really have high hopes for it when it does come out. Yeah. And yeah, you're not seeing any of the buzz about streaming services this year that we were seeing Stadia's last year. Stadia's going out. So, so really, they're they're going to fall by the wayside at this point. 
the infrastructure wasn't there yet. Yeah, if we had better internet in this country, or any country for that matter. Who would want to play games while using the whole bandwidth up, right? Well, the claim to fame is that you don't have... But people that can't afford graphics cards. That's the whole thing. Yeah, if you, you all you need is your basic 768 by... Or 1366 by 768 Walmart laptop and you can play AAA title games. You know, that that's great. Yep. But you got to have serious bandwidth to play those games. Well, nobody like... No, no enthusiast would actually like playing games online. The whole thing is, is that graphics cards are extremely expensive right now. And even if they weren't, a lot of people wouldn't know how to install a graphics card. Right. And with this, they don't have to learn anything. They just get a service, they pay for it, and they're playing these AAA games without having to upgrade their hardware. Yep, we actually, um, on, on Crowbar Kernel Panic, we actually mentioned this and we, we gave a whole review on the different streaming services as a alternative to graphics cards because at the time, and still to, till today, you can't get one for decent price. Okay, uh, my next prediction. It will be both a good year and a bad year for Linux because of online services. There will be many more computers using the Linux kernel, but not actually Linux, similar to the Chromebook. Also going to say no on this one. This really didn't happen. No. So. It was a good year for Chromebook sales, actually. What, because of schools? It was a good year for Chromebook sales. So, yeah, it, I didn't say it was a bad year. It just wasn't as good a year as I predicted. There isn't a, a significantly larger volume of devices using the Linux kernel than there was. Right. So I'm going to say no on my own prediction there. Okay, and then Tony had some predictions. <clears throat> and he said, well, as I have been successful with my Pi predictions, I'm going to do another one and go way out on a limb <laughs> and suggest we may be heading for a Pi 5 or at least a Pi 4 plus now i will also predict that the pi 400 will get a revision with eight gigabytes of ram and possibly a further overclock of the cpu so those not comfortable doing things like that will have a 2.1 gigahertz cpu out of the box as with the very good passive cooling it has been shown to be very stable at this clock speed now i i don't remember um a, a pi 5 coming out or a, a, no. a, a another revision to the pi 4 but i will say that it was still a very good year for pi oh yeah definitely the pi 4 still did very well and the pi 400 has had a very good year but no, no update for that was released. I do think the um, the Pi 4 module came out this year. Yeah. And that did well as well. So, um, um, I don't know. That's a tough one. He's not here to defend it. So, no. I mean, I would say no because he says Pi 5 plus... Uh, or a Pi Five or a Pi Four Plus, and neither of the neither um of them came out. Didn't they rev the Pi Four though to a? Not as far as I know. I haven't heard anything about it, and I'm sure I would have heard something about that. Out of the box, I'm not sure. When did that eight gig model of the Pi Four come out? Same year as the? Yeah, that was that was right off the bat, wasn't it? Or? Oh yeah, I think you're right. Um, no. At first, you could only get the four gig, and then a couple of months later, you could get the the eight gig. But it was within the same year. Oh, okay. And then um, they dropped as soon as the eight gig came out. They dropped the prices on all of the lower models, and the eight gig oh, okay. took on the price of the what the four gig was. Right. Yep. Okay. And then Moss said distro hoppers digest will exceed 18,000 total downloads and this was absolutely correct and he he wanted me to mention that it has exceeded 20,000 downloads for the year yeah. so if you're not listening to distro hoppers digest give that a listen cuz evidently they're knocking it out of the park that's not bad for a po podcast that only comes on once a month yeah <laughs> maybe that's the claim to fame i guess <laughs> Yeah, and they haven't been around that long, so yeah, that's good growth. That's pretty good. Yeah. Okay, and his next prediction. 
At least six long da- long-standing distros, three years or longer, will close or merge and be replaced by at least eight new distros. At least four of them <laughs> forks of what just closed shop. I, I have no way of tracking this. I don't recall any uh, major distros uh, closing shop. Yeah. Yeah, no. What about CentOS and CentOS Stream? That that was actually last year. That 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 didn't happen this year. That happened last year. Oh, okay. Moss Moss would have to get on here and, and actually, you know, tell us what happened in the distro world for us to be able to to judge this one properly at this time. We'll do a defending the predictions episode. <laughs> yeah, if he wants to come on and defend himself. Or release a special episode of Distro Hoppers. <laughs> Trashing us all. <laughs> wow, this is not a competition. <laughs> but okay, yeah, I can And he will actually <laughs> list up to 12 distros that... Since when is this not a competition? I thought this wasn't a competition, this podcast. I was confused. We always give points. If we give, po- if we give points, it's a competition. Yeah. It's just a competition where the points don't matter. <laughs> Next up on uh, Moss's list, I and or my wife will have a job which pays enough for our needs and will survive 2021 much better than we did 2020. Now, I have not kept up with Moss well enough to know anything about this one, but I sure hope that that came out. I think he's been doing better. They, they have been doing better, but I don't know about the job thing. Yeah, he had another source of income that uh, is in my place to talk about because it had to do with some family stuff. So... But I don't know the job situation, but I assume that his 2021 uh, was better than his 2020, financially anyway. Uh, COVID will be a minor irritation by the end of the year, not a world-spanning pandemic, and contact <laughs> tracking apps will be a thing of the past. I wish. I'm pretty sure contact tracking apps are a thing uh, that has fallen by the wayside, but uh, COVID is not a minor irritation, and it, it's not a thing of the past, and it is very world-spanning at this point. Yeah. So that's going to be another big old goose egg for him. One of the worst things about the coronavirus is that the structure, the spike protein that the immune system is supposed to recognize is uh, not very recognizable for an immune system. This is the reason why a lot of COVID infections result in low levels of immunity and uh, eventually possible uh, reinfection. Okay, moving on. Josh Hawk had some predictions. You can skip these. (laughs) (laughs) Just give me one. <laughs> uh, I can't. I really can't. Well, no, I can give you that second one there. That second one is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Actually, I didn't. I, I I forgot about that one. Okay, so read them. They're yours. Okay. Yep. Uh, Linux phones will double in number and power in 2021. Yeah, no. I <laughs> I was not in. I was not predicting that the pandemic would still be this much of a problem now. So I was thinking, oh yeah, we'll be over this whole thing, and then everybody will boom back up, and then the phones will be coming out like crazy, and Linux will be amazing on the phones, and all this other crap. Yeah, no, none of that happened. <laughs> if anything, it stagnated. Um. So yeah, I would give myself a zero on that one, as Joe says, a goose egg. <laughs> All right, but read your winner there. Oh, yes. Okay. So all mainstream cable TV channels will switch to apps. Yes, they did. Well, not all. And uh, yeah, I I wouldn't say switch. They, they created an app that you could log into and use for streaming their TV services. That's what we fought about this last year with the switch. I, I shouldn't have said switch to apps. I should have said create an app. <laughs> to compensate for the cable. Provided an app. Yeah, provide an app, yeah. So, I don't know, maybe like half a point? <laughs> maybe? I'm willing to give you that one, because mostly okay. everybody has switched to some type of streaming service. Even if they do still provide a cable channel, they're still switching to streaming. Yeah, and even the big networks, CBS has got all access. Right. NBC's got Peacock. Yep. Paramount Plus. Yep. That's true. That's uh, yeah. That's true. I forgot about that. CW. Well, yeah, CW. I knew about, but I forgot Peacock was the whole Apple. Yep, Apple. Discovery yeah. Plus. That's okay. basically an amalgamation <laughs> of take, all of their. <laughs> I'll take a point. Yeah, that's all you. Yeah, Discovery Plus. Yeah, that's the, one of the best ones. I don't care. Yeah, what and it's saying. only four ninety nine. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. 
All right, so... But that last one, though. Yeah, I know. This is bad. Last one for me. Firefox will be given to the community to maintain, maybe for the better, <laughs> or be... Or be so underfunded that they will lay off almost all their work, all working on it. Yeah, no, this didn't happen at all. <laughs> Would it be better if they did that, though? I, I That's why I was going for it. This is kind of like my, my like out there prediction because I was hoping that maybe if they did give it to the community it would have a huge following behind it and actually more people would actually be able to work on yeah, it. Yeah, I think you're right. But <sighs> no, I, I think Mozilla is very capable at working on Firefox. They just have to organize themselves a bit better. Yeah, I agree. A lot a lot better. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, and the layoffs did happen, but not nearly to the extent I thought they would happen. So, yeah, definitely nothing on that one. Okay. Well, we're going to have to speed things up here because it is already 5 o'clock. So, Eric Leitz said, Wayland, the transition to Wayland will become much more prevalent or mainstream among distributions in 2021. It won't be completely transitioned from X, but it will gain much more traction in 2021. 100%. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that really did happen. Wayland is much more prevalent. Okay. Microsoft Office 365 natively on Linux. And that was a repeat from his previous prediction. And the answer to that is... No. A Linux phone, probably the Pine phone, will be available for the average consumer in 2021 and be able to be a daily driver phone. Point five. No. It's not ready yet. No, not a daily driver. It's not a daily driver. Yeah, not definitely not. Available to it's just as a- available to the average user this year as it was the previous year. Anyone can go on to the Pine website and order one. Right. So the answer is it, I'm going to go that all around no. Sadly. Okay. Warpinator will expand to almost all distributions and become the go-to solution for easy computer-to-computer file transactions similar to the Apple AirDrop. Has it? Well, it has a flat pack, right? I mean, I don't... I couldn't get it to work. Okay, well, you didn't get it to work. But it does have the flat pack, so it does have the option, maybe. You've got to install that on both machines, though. I mean... Right. Whereas... I wouldn't say that it's ubiquitous, but I'm definitely willing to give him a point five on this. Yeah, because I mean, just the fact that it's a flat pack means that you can potentially put it on anything you want, Linux-wise. So, yeah, I could see a point five, but definitely, if it's not working, then eh, that's a little iffy. Well, I can't. I I don't want to say that. I just I couldn't work it out. Right. So point five. It's not ubiquitous, and that's what—that's the point that he was putting across, was that, you know, people were actively going to be using it regularly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. A new independent, non-Chrome-based web browser will enter the market. This will either push Mozilla to retool and reinvigorate Firefox, or the downward spin will speed up. I'm going to say no. Firefox was killed. <laughs> I haven't seen a new independent, non-Chrome. <laughs> this, this prediction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, see what happened to Netscape. It came and it mm-hmm. just disappeared. It lives on in the Sea Monkey project. Well, Netscape didn't disappear. Yeah. You can still get the Sea Monkey browser and it is very reminiscent of the Netscape browser with the uh email client along with it. Okay. Moving along. Owen Peary. Raspberry Pi will continue to develop either the 4 or the 400 so that all the models can easily come with 8 gig of RAM minimum and with processor speeds above 2 gigahertz with no overclocking necessary. So more distros will function on it and it can be a replacement for low-end Chromebooks that are pretty crappy. Well, I'd say that it is. it can be a replacement already. It started out mm-hmm. as being able to be a replacement already on the Pi 4. But um, you don't have the uh, 8 gigabyte RAM no. minimum, sadly. And um, it doesn't come with the processor speeds, you know, stock over 2 nope. gigahertz without any overclocking necessary. So, 0.5. I think ARM64 will take some time to come to Intel level speeds, like 2.12 gigahertz. Yeah. 
but it is coming along and there has been a lot of development, so hopefully we see more. Linux podcasts will continue to fumble advertising and promotion and alienate their listeners as they pile on more and more promotional spots. Spots for legitimate companies who might even be our friends and support our interests, but the sheer number of spots we hear each week as we listen to our favorite podcast turns the signal into noise. And noise that we will ignore. Let's not adopt the advertising models that many of us are trying to get away from. We can do better. Brought to you by... Docker. <laughs> and stop using Spotify for your podcast, too. Yeah. I don't know. Um, uh, the, the podcast market recently, is it overblown with, with advertising the way it has been? Especially no, like, I don't think you know, so. The Jupiter broadcast guys and things like that. In fact, in fact, I would say that they've been giving more options to pay for the podcast and have no, have no um, ads at all. I've seen that a lot more now than I have in the past. No, but if you're on YouTube, uh, blame Google for all the ads. Yeah, that's what I meant with Spotify, right. too. Or you could buy YouTube Premium. And yeah, Jupiter Broadcasting is a good example, but it, they include a chapter list with the podcast. Yeah. And you can easily skip over every single one I of love the ads. That. I mean, I, and they're always ads that are actually relevant mm-hmm. to linux people you know it's not like they're trying to sell you a mattress yeah destination looks is the same it's nice yep <laughs> they used to they used to try to sell you mattresses all the time i got so tired of hearing about mattresses <laughs> yeah well everybody needs a good mattress oh <laughs> uh, yeah but i don't i after i buy one do i need to hear about 16 more of course <laughs> <laughs> that's just how amazon works all right I have no problem with sponsor segments that are relevant to, to because yeah. with Linux podcast, a lot of listeners might be uh, interested in the server side of things. And uh, a lot of times I hear about uh, Linode and uh, DigitalOcean and uh, mm-hmm. Bitwarden even. So a lot of things that are relevant for Linux users. And and Jupyter Broadcast, they're, they're a good prime example because they've, they've got some ads on there. But they sort of incorporate, it's an ad, but he sort of, describes his use with these products right. these are products that he actually uses and you can almost you can almost consider it part of the podcast itself because he's talking about his experiences with these things yeah you know so it's which is better than a lot of the ads you mm-hmm. get exactly I, I i just brought them up as an example i'm not trying to you know say that they do it poorly or anything they absolutely don't okay Linux audio will get better as Pipewire rolls out in more places. Even if it's not widely adopted at the beginning, it will show a simpler path forward is possible. Don't ask Bo that question. He will say no. <laughs> he had so many issues with Pipewire. Okay, well, Pipewire has become yeah, it has become a bit more prevalent though. You are hearing more about it. Yeah, oh no, it has. But I'm just I'm just uh, saying about the audio will be will get better. <laughs> That's gonna take some time for the no yeah. for the internet to catch up. No, it's definitely way more prevalent. Because you know you go and you you Google your problems with with audio on Linux and like you get 900 responses all about Pulse Audio. You know, so it's gonna take some time for the wider world to catch up. But even Debian are getting ready to replace uh, Pulse Audio with Pipefire in the next series. Oh, it's over then. Yeah, it's over. <laughs> on their wiki, they say that they're not advising to switch to Pipefire on the current stable, but on testing, it's. Uh, it I think it will be uh, default in the next release. Mm-hmm. That's good. So if I'm using Arch, so I will start installing Pipewire, or should I wait? Actually, if you install GNOME on Arch, it will default to Pipewire. So in some ways, Arch also has a Pipewire as a default. So I, I would say go for it. Okay. Linux influencers will continue to wring their hands about the perpetual issue of lack of diversity in the Linux ecosystem, while at the same time failing to take public stands against white supremacy and toxic masculinity in our very community. It's not enough to just invite people from underrepresented groups to our spaces. We have to make sure our spaces are not hostile to the very people some of us are trying to include. This is where a lot of growth in Linux use and adoption can happen. But will it? I don't know. I haven't, I haven't really noticed seen any change. changes here in nope. that market. Not at all. Not a change at all. So this means inclusivity, like from what I understood from this? 
Well, active inclusivity and actively um, speaking out against any um, white supremacy, um, toxic masculinity, anything like that. I haven't really seen it. I can't say that, you know, we've spoken out against any of those things. I know, you know, we are against those things, but we're human. So, okay. Software for creative endeavors will continue to get better and better on Linux. So hobbyists can make our fun pet projects on software that works, that has tons of options to make it pretty. And that doesn't have an obtuse soul crushing workflow. <clears throat> Sometimes we focus on getting the pro level users a good experience on Linux software, but I think the hobbyists are where we should focus. A pro level user probably works for a company that already has a license locked in and has an entire workflow based on proprietary solutions and dozens, if not hundreds of employees. So that will be a hard nut to crack. Well, I think the Linux system is always getting better. Yeah. Okay. So if GIMP and other tools get better, nobody will buy Adobe. Wow. Well, it, it, it'll force them to get better too. Well, I would really love to have a video editor that is free that to get on the level of Premiere Pro. It's really hard. Yeah, it is. It is really hard. It's hard to find a video editor that is decent that's open source. PowerShot and Caden Live? Yes, you can do a lot with Caden Live, but it's not easy. Yeah, it's not easy. Oh, okay. It's a lot of work to make a video editor. I don't care what anyone says. I don't need to be a programmer to say that. <laughs> the onboarding path for beginners will not get easier. The time investment needed to get up to speed on some basic tasks will continue to be just enough to scare off the competent but casual users, let alone semi-incompetent users. We need to either change that or accept that Linux not, might not be a good option for beginners. If we want to make space for beginners in Linux, we must hold space without judgments for beginners and bring them in with intention not left in the wild. Okay, I can agree with that statement there, but I am going to say that there are some easy options to get started with Linux. And uh, the community that I assume that he's talking about um, that helps people with that type of thing has become lo a lot less toxic than it was several years in the past. Yeah. There's a whole lot less, let me Google that for you, and a whole lot more... Let me help you with that. Is but is it true f compared to one year ago? I, like we can literally count distros on f our fingers, which is user friendly, beginner friendly, Ubuntu, Zorin, elementary. Mm -hmm. Elementary is user friendly, but not beginner friendly. There's a lot of uh, distros that are made for power users, but I I wouldn't want to get rid. I wouldn't want to get rid of the higher use distros in favor of the distros that are easier to get started with. I mean, each of these distros have their place. You kind of want less choice when it comes to things for beginners. You know, give yes. them an actual path and then let them figure things out later. So your mints, your endeavors. Popos. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and your easier ones. So um, a lot of these don't sound like predictions. They sound like, you know guidelines as opposed to an actual prediction yep leave it up to owen so <laughs> he's very insightful <laughs> no pretty good insights i must say yeah he's not wrong so let's move on to josh not me low <laughs> the other 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 it, josh no the og josh yeah that that, that one josh yeah Ubuntu support on Raspberry Pi will improve dramatically and become as popular or overtake Raspbian on the main Raspberry Pi OS. Yes. I'm using it right now. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'd rather use Ubuntu. Yeah. Because I can run Firefox on this. I can't run it on Raspberry Pi OS. Right. At all. It crashes. Right. What's the difference between of Raspberry Pi OS? 32-bit. You can get your your uh, and Ubuntu. Yeah, your Ubuntu. Ubuntu on Raspberry Pi. One 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 one's maintained by Ubuntu and one's maintained by Raspberry Pi. It's running with the GNOME desktop and it's running fine. The mainstream Linux and the one maintained by uh, Raspberry Pi. 
There, there's quite a bit of difference. Yeah, there's quite. More can get done on Ubuntu, but there's more write-ups on how to get things done for uh, Raspberry Pi OS. Mm. It's it's weird. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like stock Android versus custom Android, so something like that. You said it was different. The Raspberry Pi OS and the Ubuntu, which we run on. Raspberry Pi OS is based on Debian. Just it is just a 32-bit uh, ARM port of the Debian. With their, they took LXDE desktop and then made their what? What do they call it? I can't remember, but. It's still LXDE, but they decided to maintain it, and they moved it over to GTK3 and also Mutter. So they are preparing LXDE for Wayland, which is very interesting. Right, that's what it is. Yeah, they're they're like, they, aren't they going to rename it too? No, oh, it's LXDE. I think it's still LXDE. It's still LXDE. Oh, okay, which is interesting. Okay, um, we could see an official Raspberry Pi laptop. I'm going to say that's a no because the Pi 400 was already out, so there's no official Pi laptop. And then a RISC-V powered Raspberry Pi. I haven't seen one of those. Have you? No. Nope. No. Nope. So that's a no there. And then moving on to Oliver Kelly. A new demonstration of MS3 Linux with desktop compatible Office Parts Suite Linux. via Electron or some container system like Snap or LXD. Huh? Is MS Hearts Linux. <laughs> Hearts Linux. Okay. And the answer is no. Uh, Utopic Unicorn from Discord said Canonical will go closed source. (laughs) No. (laughs) Nope. Linux Mint will see a huge controversy. Surprisingly, no. (laughs) Why surprisingly? Well, because they've had a bunch of them in the past. Yeah, there's always just something. (laughs) People like to crap on Clem. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. (laughs) Manjaro gets shut down. (laughs) <laughs> I'm gonna have to call that a no too. But Manjaro is somewhat like controversial. <laughs> Sorry to say that. But still amazingly popular at the same time. Yep. Arco Linux sees a huge increase in new users. I can vouch for this. I am one of the Arco new users. Okay, we'll give him that one. Red Hat gets decimated in the service industry in favor of other distros, including Debian. That is a Big no. No way. Uh, oh, heck no. So, so Red Hat is leading the server market, I think, by the looks of this. Then Rock Hazard had a very hopeful prediction that just didn't come out. <laughs> MS will drop development of Edge for Linux. It went opposite. It's now stable. Yep. Yeah, it's not Yeah, it's not beta anymore, is it? Oh, I like this next one. Sundaram. Proton Wine will support EAC. Does it? Wine does. Uh, mostly. Mostly. Matrix users will skyrocket. I don't think skyrocket's a good word for that. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Gradually increase. My, my, mild increase. Yeah, mild. Linux will run on Apple M1. And yeah, it does. It does run on the Apple M1. Lots and lots of ARM devices. Mm, hasn't there always been? Yeah, there's always been a lot, lots and lots of ARM devices. Yeah. Um, Risk five will grow a lot. And I'm going to give that a no. I haven't seen any growth there. I've heard talk, but not a lot of growth. Yeah. NVIDIA will open source its drivers. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> what if the Pop OS developers put enough pressure? NVIDIA will not open source their drivers. Not going to happen. Still not going to happen. Multi-million dollar company versus Pop OS, no. They just, you know, if they did open up their old drivers, that would be one thing. But they just come out with a, you know, new card and close source the drivers. But um, due to the increase of many cloud gaming platforms, fragmentation will occur. Also, timed exclusives will be more common. That seems like it was a... I'm saying that's a no. Yeah, it hasn't happened yet, but that Mm-mm. seems like a good prediction for something a bit more long term. Mm-hmm. Okay, Jay Arun Mani from Telegram. Microsoft will expand its Poison Net, WSL, VS Code, and many things that will prevent users from really moving to Linux. WSL now runs GUI programs. I really don't care about WSL, but VS Code can run on Linux as well. I think we, we can give half a point to this. WSL 
has actually been very useful to a lot of people that I know. So yeah, I'm gonna say <laughs> yeah, it, it gets people using Linux. But to purists like us, we need pure Linux. Coming from the guy running on Windows. <clears throat> wow, gotcha. <laughs> Pointed out by the other guy running on Windows. It's called soft transitioning. You get people using WSL and they see how Linux can run, even if they are back-ending, you know, uh, Windows. It's like the old school dual boot where you only occasionally logged into Linux and then you slowly started logging in more and more and then eventually gave up on Windows. It's the same thing with WSL. It gets people using Linux and it's great that, the, you know, there are GUI programs now. You could run GUI programs in the past using something like Sigwin. It's a really a helpful tool for getting people to transition. Will it stop some people from transitioning? Yes, of course. But it still gets them exposure to Linux. And that is the hope that they will eventually, you know, do a full transition. Josh making fun of me here. It's okay, I'm running on Windows too. <laughs> Adobe will continue to call Linux a modest platform. I'm sure they still do. Emacs will become more modern and beginner-friendly. No, no, it never will. It mm, never no. will. It's a power user no. tool. Yep. It always will be. Okay. And then Dave Goldsboro, more of a wish. Accessibility will be much better in Linux. I, I would really have to ask him what he meant by accessibility. I think he means uh, accessibility settings like uh, screen reader and uh, vision impaired. Uh, mm -hmm. For the... For the less abled. Right. Okay, for the differently abled. I would agree with that. Okay. And it has gotten a little bit better from what I understand. There's always yeah. development. Especially with... GNOME does a good, pretty good job of it. But um, I don't know about other desktop environments. Yusuf Yuda said, No innovative changes in Linux in 2021. And I haven't seen anything outlandishly innovative. You know, something explosively innovative. Well, in innovation is like when Valent came out or Piper came out. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to our predictions for the new year. Okay, my predictions for the new year. Steam Deck will be a success and will contribute to the number of Linux machines in the wild. I really think that's going, that the Steam Deck will be in a lot of people's hands and that's going to increase the number of Linux devices out there. And yeah the chip shortage will continue and prices on computers will remain high and predictions are that this is gonna that the chip shortage is gonna <laughs> last at least through 2023 so that that's a very conservative prediction there you don't think so you don't think we're gonna yeah, have a chip shortage no i i think we will i'm just saying unfortunately yeah. i don't want it to yeah. be <laughs> uh. Graphics card. Here's my out there prediction. Graphics card prices will somewhat return to normal as a new hardware competitor will come out <laughs> that will be better for crypto mining than graphics cards are. Wouldn't that be something? This is your out there prediction. I like. I love it. <laughs> it's like, well, who would ever think we'd be talking about that as an out out there prediction? There are the proof of stake cryptos that. Uh... People will be buying, I think, hard drives and SSDs for. Ethereum is also supposed to be switching from proof of work to proof of stake, and that will help some. But you're not going to get that massive change in in Bitcoin, yep. which is going to still require proof of work, um, especially what well, for at least the next eight years. And it's only going to get more complicated and more difficult. So something's going to have to come out that does it better than a graphics card if we want the graphics card market to at least normalize so norbert what's your predictions we're, we're having faith in the nvidia drivers improving i will say that when using the proprietary nvidia driver on ubuntu wayland will be at least enabled by default on ubuntu 22.04 and will be the default session in 22.10 because there have been uh, news about Ubuntu switching to Wayland even on NVIDIA, which I don't think hasn't happened. At least when I tried installing uh, 2110, it didn't uh, have Wayland. So with this, I'm, pre I'm uh, basically predicting that Wayland will be perfectly 
well, not perfectly, but pretty much ready for everyday users by the end of next year. I agree with that. And especially with the development of the Pop Shell and now the Nitrix desktop announced, uh, the more focused on Wayland, the better. And in order for it to get mm-hmm. enough testing, people will have to start using it more. And, uh, well, this is just... Uh, I When I saw that Indeverus was uh, in second spot on this watch and it kept crawling towards first base, I'm not sure how likely this is to come true, but I will predict that Indeverus will be in first place on this watch in the default six-month ranking list at some point during the next year. doesn't have to stay there by the end of the year, but I would like it to reach first spot, even for just a short period of time. Because uh, having MX in first spot, as much as I do like MX a lot, uh, Indeverus has had a lot more attention this year. They had uh, one of the best years among any other distros. And uh, I'm not talking about their features uh, necessarily, but uh, their user base growing. So I know that these watch numbers are only based on the uh, clicks per day, but I think outside of this watch, uh, Indeverus has had way more attention than MX. So if they got to first place, it would represent uh, things in the Linux uh, ecosystem a bit more, in the Linux space. And I think I had a th- another uh, prediction that I forgot to write down, and I can't really remember it. Okay, well, we can come back to that. Uh, Josh, your prediction? Uh, yes. So, my first prediction, I just kind of um, added some stuff here. Um, the Steam Deck will succeed, and what I mean by that, because you can't really, you know, say succeed, you know, you can't quantify it. So, not everyone will, will, um, cancel their orders <laughs> before they get it so has have people been canceling their orders i don't know but it, it, as it gets pushed back um i don't know if people are gonna you know be canceling the orders or not because if it keeps getting pushed back i mean it's like they're only put five bucks into it now it's like eh, it's who knows but i think a lot of people are going to start canceling if they keep pushing it back because people don't understand the whole pandemic thing going on and all these shortages and all this stuff so they're just going to think oh man this thing hasn't come out yet so i don't know um so my second one which is uh steam os will only be really good on the steam deck and i mean that because I think they're really going to optimize for the Steam Deck, obviously. And when you install on other hardware, it's just going to be, it's just not going to be that experience that you're going to get on the Steam Deck, especially if you're trying to do like NVIDIA drivers because they're focusing on AMD. Which is a wise choice. (laughs) It is a wise choice, but unfortunately, not everyone chooses that, including me. Um, Anyway, uh, Pop OS um, will have at least a beta out for their new desktop environment by the end of 2022. On an episode of Linux Unplugged, I heard something mentioned about uh, them putting a lot of work into the 2023 release of Pop OS. So I'm assuming either 2020, either uh, 2304 or 2310 will be the first one to have the Cosmic Shell. And I don't. they usually only release a beta version of their system maybe one or two months before the release. Yeah, I was hoping the beta might squeak out maybe <laughs> maybe this next year, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, so, and then I have community arguments about GNOME will worsen and lead to uh, to many leaving the um, leaving as GNOME users. So, I don't know if this is going to happen. This is kind of one of my out there ones, so I don't know. It might be already happening. Why would users leave? Because the, 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 the arguing within the GNOME community is has gotten kind of crazy lately, and I just, I'm kind of sick of the whole argument. Have you been following the discussions around GNOME? Not recently, no. I kind of stopped because I was just getting kind of crazy with it all. I am using GNOME still. Without or with extensions? Both. Both. Pop OS. When people say GNOME, they mean, I think they mean vanilla GNOME. Vanilla, yeah, no extensions. Fedora then? <laughs> yes, then. So do you use yeah. Fedora mm-hmm. with extensions or without extensions? With extensions. Yeah. Even I have to use extensions. Yeah, it's kind of a requirement. I mean, as long as you can, as long as it's they're implemented well, but uh, people's issues are them removing functionality as well as moving to right. Libot Beta. But now that I've tried and took had my first look at Libot Beta in action, 
I'm a bit more optimistic about that. I am too. My take on this is, is I predict... Oh, that's a good prediction. So, I mean, it's 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 kind of specific, but uh, for GNOME apps that will use Libre Data, for example, GNOME Disks and Nodilus, there will be alternative libraries. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, there could be a, a Lib Yaru or a Lib Cosmic or stuff like that, which could work as a drop-in replacement for Libre Data. So you could make, you could have the GNOME Core apps look like... Uh, look native on Ubuntu or PopOS just by switching out Libre to their own library. Right. So we could still... So that's my prediction. We will still be able to do GTK theming, but not CSS sheets, but just writing complete libraries for them. Just walking all over my predictions. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm genuinely optimistic about... I know, I'm just about, messing with you. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm genuinely <laughs> optimistic about GNOME at this point. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I have been more optimistic... I just really want them to bring back uh, Trey uh, status icons. Alma Linux will become more popular than RHEL slash CentOS Stream. Now, this is my really crazy one because I don't think that's going to happen. No, no way. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me. But I'm going for it, baby. If it happens, man, I should get two points. <laughs> CentOS Stream has turned out to be way better than people expected it to yeah. be. Definitely. But uh, you could also predict that, okay, I'll, is Alma Linux <laughs> maybe more popular than Rocky at, at current, currently? Alma? Yeah, Alma is definitely more popular, I would say. Okay. Then I'm not going to, I was going to uh, predict that, but if it's already look, looking like that, then I'm not sure if it's worth it. And I've been thinking, and it's, uh, it, there's not really any chance of this happening, but just maybe. I'm predicting that the increased development and focus on Wayland will uh, will result in a need to revamp the X protocol to make it more up to date. So I predict that uh, now we're using X11, and I'm predicting that uh, development on X12 will start next year. <laughs> of course, we'll be using X11 <laughs> since I think the 70s or 80s, but you know, maybe, sweet, maybe. Sweet, sweet. Yeah. Okay, Nishad, the stage is yours. Okay, the first one, gaming on Linux will pick up by 2024. Yes, but we are predicting for next year. Uh, I'm not too sure, but it will pick up otherwise. 2023 is our prediction. So it'll it'll pick up by, yeah, 2023, right. If you mean by the beginning of 2024, which is the end of 2020, wait, it's 2022. Okay, I'm I'm off by a year. Yeah, 20, by the end of 2022, it, it'll pick up. Yeah. Well, define pick up, because what percentage... Like, more games will come into the Linux uh, support stream. More people will start to use it a lot, you know. Yes, but you mean on the desktop or everything? Like, Steam Deck, everything uh, counted as, as one. Steam Deck is a desktop. Steam. <laughs> <laughs> Combined, Steam Deck Steam Deck will be leading it. But will that be because people don't know they're using Linux? Hmm... Well, if I were uh, Valve, I would put a very solid small subtitle on the <laughs> SteamOS uh, on the SteamOS boot screen that said "Powered by Linux." Hey, that'd be pretty cool. No, we want people to buy it. <laughs> yeah, we want people to buy it. <laughs> Point, Will. That's a good one. I, I'd stick to that. But it's crazy, I think. It is a crazy job. <laughs> oh, yeah. Then you would be able to call your uh, previous colleagues who are in tech support <laughs> and tell them that you know more. <laughs> so why did you call them? <laughs> okay. Uh, Linux, continuing Josh's prediction from last year, Linux phones will double in number and power in 22. <laughs> Steel in mine, huh? I see how it is. Okay, this is more crazier than my system admin thing. Linux will overtake Mac OS in market share by end of 2022. Mm, no. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to happen. You're throwing more than your elbows there. I mean, unless the Steam unless the Steam Deck goes crazy, no, I don't think so. But you can keep it there. Yes. Unless, like, yeah, everybody buys yeah. the Steam Deck. I'm literally <laughs> throwing my elbows out on this prediction. 
Okay. That's it. My turn. Yep. I have two. Because I have two. <laughs> um, so my first one, it's not popular. But uh, the Steam Deck will not ship in February. Ugh. I hope I'm wrong about that. I've got I've got one as on As long order. as it ships sometime next year. Yeah, and as long as it's decent in shape and not like, you know, a piece of garbage. I think we people like us will forgive them for that. I'm I don't know how much of the gamer the general gamer market That's will. why I put my prediction in there with with people who canceling their orders, you know. Yeah, I, I just I don't think that the challenges that caused them to postpone it from December are going to be solved by February. You know, I'm unfortunately that's just that's the reality of it. Um, so that's that. Uh, on a more positive note, though, I think we are really close to hardware acceleration on the Mac. I think the little the little thing with the uh, them changing some of the some of the boot stuff was just a little bit of a setback, but I think we're going to see hardware acceleration by the end of the year, and then uh, and then maybe we can get an ISO and try it out. Not that I have anything to put it on. I don't really <laughs> care. I would just buy. I would just <laughs> buy a ninety-eight thousand rupees Mac just to put it on. Yeah. Here's to hoping, Bill. Right on. I think Joe's leaving. Yeah, he's packing up. <laughs> no, I'm packing up my computers right now. I mean, I'm sure when I get off of here, my wife's already going to be mad at me. Oh, no. <laughs> Trying to hurry things along, that's all. All right, so I think we're done with the with the predictions. I don't see anyone else here. Oof, okay. Well, then, let's move on to vibrations from the ether. But, sadly... There is one Vibrations from the Ether. The Ether is quiet. Because they sent an email directly to me. Oh. But uh, I'm going to hold that off and put it into the next show. So, let's transition directly into Check This Out. And who put these in? You can guess. You have one guess. <laughs> oh well, it's a gnome extension. Take away, take it away. Yeah, uh, it's a it's a simple one, a quick one. Um, it's a gnome extension called Quick Close in Overview, which lets you close a window in Overview by clicking the middle mouse button or the click wheel. Mm. It's really nice. I think oh, that's nice. Oh, that's cool. And I brought another one. It's also a gnome extension called iNotch, which lets you. <laughs> I know what this one is. Yeah, which lets you add a a MacBook-like notch at the top of your screen. It's, it's, just, it's, just, it's just a useless notch. It's just to annoy the crap out of you. Yep, or anyone who sees you using the computer. Yep, and that's it. <laughs> okay, in our announcements, our next episode will be 2 p.m. U.S. Central Time on January the 9th. And you can get that converted using the link in the show notes to your time zone. And our next live stream will be at 2 p.m. U.S. Central Time on January 1st. If everything goes well, you might want to check for updates later to make sure that we're going to do that one. It is a holiday. I understand if, you know, some of us can't make it or something. But we do have multiple people now that are able to do the stream. So you can get that once again converted to your uh, time zone with the link in the show notes. And on to the wrap-up. And um, if you like the sound of my voice, you can catch me on a couple other podcasts. I'm on the Linux Link Tech Show, which is at tllts.org. I'm on the Linux Lugcast, which you can catch at linuxlugcast.com. You can track me down on MeWe. You can send me an email directly, jb at mintcast.org. Or you can use the link in the show note and buy me a coffee. And I also want to say that if you want to, you can send an email to all of us on the Mintcast using mintcast at mintcast.org. Norbert, where can we find you? Well, you can send me an email at norbert at mintcast.org. And the other, other, other Josh was not able to be on 
today. He had some family things going on. You can catch him, JT, at mintcast.org, Josh Thacker on Discord, and at Metal underscore Foss on Twitter. Nishant, where can we find you? Okay, so you can find me through email at nishant at mincast.org on Discord and on Steam if you want to play any games. It's Maverick00783 on Steam. And if you want to develop things, it's ReconGhost at GitHub and Instagram. And on Discord, ghost.recon. You can just contact me anytime and I'll be able to help you with your Linux queries. And Bill, how about you? Well, I'm Bill underscore H on Discord. I'm at WC Hauser 3 on Twitter. And I'm even on that there Facebook at WC Hauser 3. Josh Hawk? Uh, you can find me at Josh on Tech on most social sites. And um, you can email me, Josh on Tech at mintcast.org right here. But what if I'm not on Tech? Ah. Then you're not worth it. No. Ouch. <laughs> That's harsh. <laughs> okay, before we leave, we want to make sure to acknowledge some of the people who make Mintcast possible. Josh Lowe for all his work on the website, Hobstar for our logo, InitRD for the animated Discord logo, Londoner for our time sync, and uh, <clears throat> Norbert for our audio editing. Bitemark Hosting for hosting Mintcast.org and our Mumble server, Archive.org for hosting the audio files. The Linux Mint development team for the fine distro we love to talk about. Thanks, Clam. And still a thank you to Leo for actually posting the shows every week. This has been another episode of the Mintcast podcast. The show notes for this episode are at mintcast.org. You can send us email at mintcast at mintcast.org. You can find more information about Linux Mint at www.linuxmint.com. You can follow both Mintcast and Linux Mint on Twitter, at Mintcast and at Linux underscore Mint. Thanks to Mark Blasco at podcastthemes.com for our theme music, and thanks for listening to this episode of the Mintcast.